All right. This is an article that I use. I'm about to actually lead a, a leadership convention where we take 40, usually 80, but this year only one bus, 40, 45 leaders to Israel. Um, these are leaders from all around the world who come back and do a project for the local community. And so my headspace is leadership at the moment. And this is one of my favorite, favorite articles, Solitude and Leadership. It was in a, in a, uh, a journal called The American Scholar in about, about eight years ago, but it's just so spot on and it's just so relevant to meditation. So I thought we'd just read it. If you want to follow others, learn to be alone with your thoughts. Oh, sorry. If you want others to follow, <laughs> learn to be alone with your thoughts. No one picked up on that. I did. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just testing you. You know, true leadership means being able to think for yourself and act on your convictions. But how do you learn to do that? How do you learn to think? Let's start with how you don't learn to think. A study by a team of researchers at Stanford came out a couple of months ago. The investigators wanted to figure out how, many, how today's college students were able to multitask so much more effectively than adults. We all know how to do this, right? How do they manage to do it, the researchers asked. The answer they discovered, and this is by no means what they expected, is that they don't. The enhanced cognitive abilities the investiga investigators expected to find, the mental faculties that enable people to multitask effectively, were simply not there. In other words, people do not multitask effectively. And here's the really surprising finding. The more people multitask, the worse they are, not just at other mental abilities, but at multitasking itself. One thing that made the study different from others is that the researchers didn't test people's cognitive functions while they were multitasking. They separated the subject group into high multitaskers and low multitaskers and used a different set of tests to measure the kinds of cognitive abilities involved in multitasking. They found that in every case, the high multitaskers scored worse. They were worse at distinguishing between relevant and irrelevant information and ignored the latter. In other words, they were more distractible. They were worse at what you might call mental filing, keeping information in the right conceptual boxes and being able to retrieve it quickly. In other words, their minds were more disorganized and they were even worse at the very thing that defines multitasking itself, which is switching between tasks. Multitasking, in short, is not only, is, uh, is not, only not thinking, it impairs your ability to think. Thinking means concentrating on one thing long enough to develop an idea about it. Not learning other people's ideas or memorizing a body of information, however much those may sometimes be useful. Developing your own ideas, in short, thinking for yourself. You simply cannot do that in bursts of 20 seconds at a time. Constantly interrupted by Facebook messages or Twitter tweets or fiddling with your iPod or watching something on YouTube. Now that's the third time I've used that word, concentrating. Concentrating, focusing. You can just as easily consider this lecture to be about concentration as about solitude. Think about what the word means. It means gathering yourself together into a single point rather than letting yourself be dispersed everywhere into a cloud of electronic and social input. It seems to me that Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and just so you don't think it's a generational thing, TV and radio and magazines and even newspapers too are all ultimately just an elaborate excuse to run away from yourself. To avoid the difficult and troubling questions that being human throws in your way. Am I doing the right thing with my life? Do I believe the things I was taught as a child? What do the words I live by, words like duty, honor, country, I'll throw in God, Judaism, spirituality, really mean? Am I happy? So it's perfectly natural to have doubts or questions or even just difficulties. The question is, what do you do with them? Bless you. 
Do you suppress them? Do you distract yourself from them? Do you pretend they don't exist? Or do you confront them directly, honestly, and courageously? If you decide to do so, you will find that the answers to these dilemmas are not to be found on Twitter or Comedy Central or Netflix or Hulu or even in the New York Times. They can only be found within, without distractions, without peer pressure, in solitude. Your own reality for yourself, not for others. Thinking for yourself means finding yourself, finding your own reality. Here's the other problem with Facebook and Twitter and even the New York Times. When you expose yourself to those things, especially in the constant way that people do now, older people as well as younger people, you are continuously bombarding yourself with a stream of other people's thoughts. You are marinating yourself in the conventional wisdom, in other people's reality, for others, not for yourself. You are creating a cacophony in which it is impossible to hear your own voice, whether it's yourself you're thinking about or anyone else. It's powerful. This, I feel, is the whole foundation of meditation, which is the, like, the reason we do it, why it's so important, what's going on, like how it works, right? It's about tuning into yourself, number one, about being able to quieten down everything else and having the ability to choose to do that. A lot of people, when they try and experience Shabbat, even if they want to like, just experiment with it and like, try and see what it feels like, it's terrifying for them to first actually step back away from that technology and let go because you're left with yourself. And if you're not used to being with yourself, it's really scary, right? It feels scary. It, it, it's not scary once you, once you actually become okay with it. It's the best thing in the world. But that feeling is like FOMO and whatever, you know, it's all of that stuff on top of like I'm left to sit with myself and like what do I do with myself? Many, many, many people don't know what to do with themselves if, they, if they're just left with themselves. They have to put on ear, ear pods, they have to put on music, they have to blast something else into them, even if they're by themselves, right? rather than, I, I see, I just went from a, on a run, uh, for a run this morning on Long Beach, on the boardwalk, and I cannot tell you how many people were at this beautiful, gorgeous beach with this, the crashing of the waves, and they all had earphones in their ears, listening to music. I'm like, okay, you get the visual stimulus, but like the whole, the whole beach is like about the smell and the sound of the ocean and the, the whole, whole, they don't want to hear it, they want to hear the, because you're left with yourself with the sound of the ocean. Right? It's very interesting. I mean, obviously, if they're running, it could be music, but whatever. I just noticed it's not so common. In, from a Jewish perspective, because with, with Jewish meditation, we always talk about the Jewish, the Jewish foundation of everything. There is a command in the Torah to do this. There's a command in the Torah to be with yourself, to listen to yourself, to have your own journey, to have your own path, not to be bombarded by other people's thoughts. It was the first commandment given to Abraham to go on his journey. Does anyone know what it, what it was? Lech Lecha, right? Lech Lecha <coughs> is really, you know, the Lamed at the beginning of a Hebrew word can mean four or two. So go for yourself. God's telling Avram, go for yourself. It's going to be good for you to go on this journey, leave your land and your birthplace and your father's house. But go to yourself is the underlying meaning of that. The, 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 commentary, the commentaries all jump on this phrase, Lech Lecha, saying it doesn't make sense grammatically. If you tell someone to go in Hebrew, it's just the word Lech. So what's this extra lecha? Lech lecha is the, is, the, is the word in the Torah. So they jump on it saying this extra lecha is part of the command. Right? Lech is just go. Lech lecha is go to yourself. Don't be scared to go to yourself. That's where you'll find blessing. It's going to be good for you. It's going to, all, it goes on and on after that. God's going to say, I'm going to make your name great. It's going to be good for you. you know, it's going to be wonderful. This is where we find the answers. And you know, in Australia, I don't know about here, after you finish 
either usually college, you know, when you've done your BA, Bachelor of Anything, because you have no idea what else to do. We Bachelor of Arts, but we call it Bachelor of Anything. I don't know if you do that here. Um, you do the Bachelor of Anything because I have no idea what I'm meant to be doing with my life, and then you go traveling, because I'm going to find myself traveling, right? <laughs> so I'm running around out there to find what's in here, right? If only they knew a soul. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. But if only they knew that they could go lecha to themselves, and it was going to be good for them to go in. Now, sometimes you need a guide and you need people to help you with that. But that's really the answer, is to be able to quieten down. So just to go into it a little bit, um, the second page I gave you, it's interesting, there's a source for this, this, this sense of, it's called pizur hanefesh. Pizur hanefesh is that scatterbrain feeling when you're distracted and you can't focus. And you're like, sometimes it annoys yourself. Have you ever had this? When you're trying to focus on something, anything, you're trying to read a book, you're trying to study, you're trying to whatever, focus on work, and all you're so distracted. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like, just let me focus, right? It's, it, it frustrates you that your mind is like a wild animal. Your mind's like a wild animal. And this, this state is called Pizura Nefesh. And interestingly, the Torah source where we see it mentioned, where like Paro, back in Egypt, caught the idea of this, right? It was when we were in Egypt as slaves. And it, it became public knowledge that two Jewish leaders had come to Paro and demanded that he free the Jews, right? Moses came and said, free the Jews. That the, the B'nai Yisrael relaxed somewhat and went about their work in a slower manner. So Paro was furious. And he says, why do you disturb the people from their work, Moshe and Aaron? He shouted, you must have devised these plans because you're a member of the tribe of Levi and therefore free from work yourselves. I shall amend the law. He was worried, Paro, that if they were slower, they would have time to think. When you slow down, you connect with yourself in a deeper way. When you connect with yourself in a deeper way, then you connect with what's really going on. You're connected more to reality rather than just be distracted and in denial and in escapism. And, and he was worried that there might be a revolt or might be something going on, right? If, if they actually stopped and connected with the truth of what's going on. From today on, the tribe of Levi must perform labor, labor also. What do you ask of me? That I should send away 600,000 slaves? If you had asked for 1,000 or 2,000 people to be set free, I might have considered it. But you expect me to give up 600,000 laborers? Paro called the Egyptian taskmasters and commanded them, stop giving Jews straw to fabricate the, fabricate the bricks. Usually we were given, Jews were given straw to make the bricks out of for their labor. From today on, each person must gather his own straw to perform his chores. Nevertheless, do not allow anyone to produce less than his daily quota of bricks. These Jews are idle, and that is why they say, let us go sacrifice to our God. Let their labor therefore be intensified. They shall no longer be allowed to rest up from their work on the seventh day and read books as they used to. He felt that if, because they used to connect with themselves, read books, and, and on Shab he let them keep Shabbos, and they, that, that they wanted to go sacrifice to their God, they wanted to go connect spiritually even more, and they were asking to leave to go worship God, and that's what they were asking to leave for three days initially, was to leave for three days to go create some altars in the, in the, in the desert, and they would come back. Right? The initial request that Moses asked for was the Jews would leave for a few days, yeah, worship God and come back. But it's like this whole nonsense, they're connecting too deeply. Let me, let me keep them going much quicker. And if I get them busy, 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 they're going to forget their spirituality. They're going to disconnect, right? They're, gonna, they're just going to be distracted and escape into whatever they're doing. And that's what we're doing now, right? The same principle we're doing now, that if you don't stop and you don't step back and you don't connect, you just get caught up in whatever's going on around you. I can sometimes wake up in the day and have a lot of goals and then I find like literally 12, 1 o'clock's come and all I've done is respond to people binging me and twittering me and what, like I'm in response mode the whole time just to whatever's going on. 
And I didn't do anything that I wanted to do, right? So it's very interesting to see this play out in comparison with the solitude and leadership today and just how timeless the whole Torah is and, and the whole concepts are that weave through the world. Um, okay. Does anyone know Rob Daniel Katz? Daniel Katz, yeah. So he, he just actually posted a beautiful, if you go to his Facebook, you'll see it, I printed it off, Seven Core Faculties of Human Consciousness. And he has a, an online, uh, online, uh, online spiritual seminar coming up. He's about to release called the Elevation Seminar online. If you ever want to do it, it's great. And he calls this state that we're talking about, Pizur Nefesh, the, the, another word for it is Hirhurim. It's like all that head noise. All that noise, he goes, you know, you know all that noise in your head right now that's distracting you from reading this poster? That's Hirhurim. In the mastered mind, when you, when you are mastered in your mind, that function can function as the imaginative faculty, right? Where you use your imagination. That's how it can be used, that aspect of your mind. And it can immerse us in whole new worlds. It's usually free associative power and it magically reconfigures old ideas, revealing to us fresh channels of creativity and innovation. However, in the unmastered mind, Hihurim operate as a seemingly never-ending stream of random and distracting thoughts and images. Primarily, ge primarily generated by past or future-based fears and desires, right? I'm worried, what am I, what's going to happen to me tomorrow? Uh, what happened, right? Oh, oh my gosh, that person was mean to me. I hope they're not there tonight. Like, right, what all your, all your, your thoughts and all your, your worries come out about either past experience and you project it onto future and then we live between those two, bouncing us around, right? I'm worried about a, a job I'm going for. What's my boss going to say? Right, am I going to get my work done? What, I, I offended a friend. Oh my gosh, I hope they don't reject me. Like, it's all the things we've experienced before. And it just goes round and round and round. Um, these can ultimately drown a person in delusion and fantasy, cutting them off from their true selves in the world. Okay. So, I thought it would be interesting today, just checking the time, to do a couple of different exercises. We're going to jump in. <clears throat> the only other thing he talks about, the next level of functioning is Das. You've heard of Das? Das? Das, he says, is different from every other aspect of consciousness. I'm, these two are relevant to what we're about to do. He said it's not just another mental faculty like intellect, imagination, emotion, but rather the pure open field of consciousness in which everything else operates. So like awareness. Das is like awareness. Where you're aware of, you know that whenever you do something, there's another part of you always aware. You should be doing that. I don't know if you should have done that, right? Little, little voice, right? I'm not sure you should have done that. Like, it's like you've got a, a running commentary about what you're doing. Or is that just me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Some, you're not always in touch with it. It's not always. But sometimes when you do stuff, you hear that inner voice that says, like, I'm not sure. Like, what, you know, like there's a whole commentary. So that's like usually the self-awareness. Right? It's, it, it's, it's the sense of self that underlies all the other faculties. The true I, the true you. It's a source of our capacity for self-awareness, for will, attention, feeling, connection, knowledge, conscience, compassion, free choice, self-leadership, self-healing, and somewhat ironically self-transcendence. When the noise of that hirhurim, that head noise, and, the, and the, the noise of your emotions are silenced and we return to our das, we experience a profound sense of calm, serenity, inner peace, and centeredness. This is where we all want to live, right? That's why you all came tonight. You come, you come to meditation because at some level we want, we want that access to ourselves in that place, right? And however that, however that plays out for you in your life. 
It's a sense of returning to our true self that we know is under there on some level. And it's a simple, still yet potent knowing. In this state, our innate value, our innate worth, and self-love are clear, tangible, unquestioned, and unquestionable. It's like the ultimate true state that we really are in, but we cover it up with all this head noise, and, right? And we look to others to define us. We look to other situations, people, communities, societies, jobs, whatever it is, right? We look to other things externally to sort of give me feedback that I'm okay, rather than finding this place inside us. This is the lechlecha, go to this place. Go traveling, enjoy the world, but you're not going to find this there, right? This is in you. So, again, this comes with practice, it's just a muscle. The more you practice it, the more you can go there. And when you go there and you find it, you never want to leave it. Right? You never want to leave. Uh, even after meditations here, I notice everyone just sits here. I just don't want to go. You should see it, Nalini. <laughs> You've been here before, no? Nine o'clock. I'm just like, I mean, we don't go to nine, but they just, everyone's like, yeah. Before that, we're in a rush. Busy, busy. I've got to go leave by this time, right? Okay. So we're just going to do a short little exercise that open our eyes and discuss, and then we'll go in for, the, for a deeper dive after that. So what I want you to just do is... Um, just, just gently close your eyes. Don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything different than what you were five seconds ago. Just be in whatever state you're currently in. And all we're doing when we close our eyes is just gently bringing our awareness and attention internally. Just We're cutting off external stimulation. And we're just going internal and we're just noticing whatever is there. So without any attempt or effort or to change anything. Just notice, A, how you're feeling. B, notice how you feel about even being internal. And we discussed in the past how there is no right or wrong in meditation. There's no um, judgment at all. It's just whatever is, is. And you come with a, an attitude of acceptance and curiosity. Just being curious because every moment is different. So just bringing your attention now, again, without changing anything, just to notice, very, very gently notice your breath, however it is. Don't necessarily breathe more deeply or not. Just, just notice however the breath, the breath is at its resting state. And just try to gently keep uh, your attention in a gentle way with your breath as a focal point. And your breath will wander off and come back. Sorry, your mind will wander off and if your breath wanders off, you're in trouble. If your mind wanders off, at some point you'll notice that it's wandered off and you'll bring it back. This is the single point focus, more of a mantra meditation. And I just want you to, to do that and notice what we're trying to notice now is not to be perfect or the best at keeping the focus on the breath, but just notice what your head noise is about. Just notice the nature of your head noise. What's it saying? No judgment. Don't try and change it. There's no analysis or analyzing. Just notice what is the stream of consciousness? What are your thoughts like? What is the subject matter? What, what is your personal style and flavor that takes you out of the moment? And we're just going to sit here in silence for a couple minutes while you just, again, just observe. Be very curious. Don't try and stop everything. Don't try and do a good meditation. 
no trying, just allowing and just being with whatever is going on and just be gently curious about it and I'll bring you out in a couple minutes. Noticing when your mind is away, gently bringing it back to your breath. Noticing what pulls it away. Just change now focus, keeping your eyes closed. Rather than keep bringing your attention to your breath, see if you can be fully present with your head noise. See if you can bring your attention to all that buzzing around in your head and allow yourself just to be with it. Totally accepting totally allowing it to be as busy as it wants to be. distracted that's also fine just bring your attention back to your head noise allowing the buzziness to be there just gently watching it being with it and just noticing if it feels at all different or the same from when you were focusing on your breath
you're ready, just gently bringing your attention back into the room, feeling your feet on the ground, and gently opening your eyes at the right time. Feel your back against the chair, just make sure your phones are off. And just notice how you're feeling. Close your eyes when you, when you feel ready to. Take a deep breath into your belly. As you breathe in, your stomach goes out. As you breathe out, your stomach goes in. Sorry, as you breathe out, your stomach goes in, yeah. And with each breath, just allowing yourself to be here in this moment. Completely present. For the next little while, there's nowhere you need to be. There's nothing you need to be doing. It's easy, it's effortless. Just approaching this next little bit of time with an attitude of being okay with whatever is happening. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. Everything is completely okay. Taking your attention to the top of your head. Just allowing any tension there to gently, slowly release if it feels like it. Moving down into your forehead. Releasing any tension behind your eyes and your cheeks, face. Down the back of your skull, neck. Just letting go of any tension if you'd like to easily and effortlessly. Bringing your attention into your arms, shoulders, forearms, fingers. Just allowing yourself to be in the moment easily. Moving your attention into your chest, diaphragm, stomach, even allowing your organs to relax if they're holding any tension. Stomach. Moving also all the way down your spine. Finding, letting go, easy, effortless. Allowing whatever is to be. Bringing your attention into your hips. down into your legs, all the way down to your knees, your calves, into the tips of your feet and your toes. And as you're sitting here, Just being open to the possibility of accessing your inner self, your deeper self, 
and being okay with who you are could be very, very easy. And as you think about this, you may find that it's easier to drift deeper and deeper and deeper into this safe, accepting, very, very centered, relaxed yet alert place inside of you. With each breath, finding it easier and easier and easier to relax. To feel acceptance, just to be in this present moment. And it's in this place of very deep peace, very deep acceptance, that you may also notice that Hashem or God is right here, right now, in this room with you personally, in your own personal life. It may have been something you forgot about. But all it takes is remembering to easily reconnect. And just notice what you notice when you remember that. God is right here, right now, with you personally, loving you, accepting you. He knows everything loves you unconditionally and wants more than anything else to see you achieve your potential. And it's at this point Just notice what the head noise is like. Without changing it, just notice what it's like compared to the time before today when we did it. Just observing without judgment. So at this point, see in front of you a ladder with 10 rungs. You notice the ladder, the color, the texture. You can see what is at the top of the ladder, the 10th rung. Somehow you know that this ladder leads you to a very, very special place. So the top of this ladder there is access to your highest self. It's a 
it's a place full of unconditional love, acceptance, light, wisdom, ease with everything. Something draws you to this ladder and you move towards it. You step on the first rung. One, one, one. And you feel something pulling you up. It's sweet, it's beautiful. Two, as you step onto the next rung. Two, two. Each rung feeling closer. You're getting closer and closer to this higher, exquisite, loving, light-filled place. Three, stepping up to the third rung. Three, three. Four, 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 five, five, five. Now really feeling a difference. You can feel the top is different to the bottom. Stepping up, something's pulling you towards it. Six, six. Six, stepping up seven, 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 allowing any layers of ego, and fear, and anger, and frustration just to melt away as you get closer to the top. Eight, 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 letting go of any limitations, self sabotage. Nine, 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 letting go of any self-doubts or self-rejection as you hit the top of the rung of your ladder. Ten, 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 sitting now in this beautiful light in a higher place within yourself, filled with love, acceptance, openness, and deep wisdom that's available to you. And it's in this place that we can think of one issue or a challenge in our lives challenge that hasn't been easy to overcome. But the one that we have to deal with, we have to deal with it. It's not easy to ignore as much as we try. You just pick one issue or one challenge in your own life. That you know is something you deal, need to deal with. just for the next couple minutes this one issue or challenge is the only challenge and the only issue in your entire existence
with this challenge and with this issue, you are the only individual in the whole world. who can bring something good into this planet through your dealing with it. You personally, only you, no one else in the world can release the positive effect, the spiritual impact that comes with this challenge, only you. And just for the next little while to imagine that this is the only opportunity you have to really deal with it. And just bringing a sense of awareness and acceptance to this issue, this challenge. It's the only one in the whole entire universe that exists right now. If you're the only one that can do something about it, and this is the only opportunity to do it. As you be with that issue, just ask yourself, ask your higher self, what is it that I need to do? What's the next step? And just see what answer pops into your mind without any effort. What is it that I need to do here? What would be my contribution? What would be a response from my higher self? Again, just notice the response. There's no right or wrong. Just be grateful for the whatever it was that you got, which is the right thing in this moment for that issue. Knowing you can come back here anytime, easily and effortlessly. Just allowing any noises to help you drift deeper into this place. Gently feeling your feet on the ground. Five. Feeling your back against the chair. Four. Taking a deep breath. Three. Listening to my voice and the sounds in the room. Two. And in your own time, when you're ready, gently opening your eyes and coming back into the room.